Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone, it's Kareem, the voice of Simon Fairchild and the Eternal Tavern Keeper. Today, I'm here to tell you about The Programme. The Programme audio series is a science fiction anthology podcast set in a world where money, state and God are fused into a single entity. Every episode is a standalone story featuring ordinary people inhabiting this extraordinary world. And for them, it's not this future that is terrifying, but our present. The Programme is sometimes funny, sometimes poignant, but it is always smart. Find out more about The Programme at www.rustyquill.com or www.programaudioseries.com, or search for The Programme Audio Series wherever you listen to your podcasts. Have fun and see you later. Hi everyone, Alex here, just letting you know that this episode is sponsored by Euphony and their brand new sci-fi audio drama podcast, Crypto Z. Crypto Z is set in a deeply immersive, fast-paced, futuristic world where ICC agents are risking everything to restore life on the planet. The first season follows Jane Silver, a cryptozoologist who is deployed on a tense mission to track and capture a human-like creature, the mesmerising and menacing Iceman. Prepare to be transported into the wilderness with Jane as she ascends through the Alps and comes face to face with her quarry. This podcast has been created by New York Times best-selling novelist Danielle Trussoni and award-winning filmmaker Hadrian Royan, and it is a whirlwind of action and suspense from episode one. Crypto Z is launching right now, so why not head over and subscribe via your favourite podcatcher? Just search Crypto Z, that's C-R-Y-P-T-O hyphen Z, or follow the link in the show notes to today's episode. Rusty Quill presents The Magnus Archives Episode 169 Fire Escape
Martin. Still with me? Yeah, yeah, just... Jesus. Some fears don't need to be intensified. Only manifested. Are we even going to be able to make it through all that? It's amazing, eh? Deliberately so. People running, desperately struggling for fire escapes, only to find them blocked. We won't get lost, though. I know the route. That's not really what I was getting at, John. Go on. Seriously? You don't... It's on fire, John. It... Yeah. It's a burning building. Yes, it is. That's on fire. Yes. Right. You are aware that traditionally wading into a flaming inferno is actually considered bad for your health? Yes, Martin. It'll be fine. All right. I just wanted to check. So, okay. We're planning to go through all this, so I'm guessing the fire can't actually burn us. Right? John? Um... John? Uh... John? It's complicated. Well, if you want me to go in there with you, then I suggest you find a way to make it simple. Yes or no, can that fire hurt us? Define hurt. Will the fire feel hot to me? Yes. Will it cause me lots of pain if I touch it? Yes, though not as much as... Will it burn me alive and kill me dead? No. It can't do us any permanent harm. Once we're out, we'll be fine. You are aware that intense pain can do you loads of harm, even if there's no you know, physical yes, injury. Yes, I know, okay? I'll take us through the parts that are more subdued. It goes in phases. Sometimes there are whole apartments that aren't actively on fire for hours. How reassuring. Well, it's the best I can do. You're sure there isn't another way? Yeah, yeah, I know. The journey will be the journey. Blah, blah. Ominous. Blah. I'm sorry. It's fine. I know you wouldn't take us through if we didn't actually need to go through, so... What? Well... John, is there another way? I mean, sort of. Maybe? That turn. You, you took a hard turn after the roots back there. I knew that was a thing. Why are we here? It's just... When you said... John, why have you taken us here? Jude Perry. This is where Jude Perry rules. That's the one who burned your hand, isn't it? Yes. Right. I just assumed this would be... Who was that landlord guy? Arthur Nolan. He's here. He has a part of it, but it's... Huge. Bigger than you could believe. There's so much fear in there. But we're not going after him, are we? No. You said you were on board. I was. I am. I just thought... It wouldn't hurt? That we'd be safe. I never said... I know. I know, okay? I just... Look, I I just don't want to get burned, all right? It's it's like my least favourite pain ever. Is that a joke? No, no, okay? I... I legitimately hate burns, right? That they're, they're awful and they scar horribly and they just it it just makes me sick. I, I hate it. Hate it. Alright. If you really don't want to do this, we can go another way. Really? Really. My revenge. Well, let's just say you're more important. It's not just your revenge though, is it? Destroying her. It would help all those people in there, wouldn't it? Maybe. It's... Like I said, I can't see the future. 
You wouldn't free them, if that's what you're asking. Free doesn't really exist in this place. Apart from us? I suppose, in a sense, though. How much of that is because we are trapped in our own quest okay, let's, to... let's not dive into another ontological debate right now, not here. Fair enough. So are we going in, or not? You're... You're asking me? I should have told you before, so... I leave the decision to you. You know my feelings on the matter. I do? I... Oh, right. I want revenge on Jude Perry. I want to... Smite her. Make her feel what... What all her victims have felt. But I'm not willing to force you to suffer for it. Okay, so it's... I have to choose, do I? Well, we could sit here. No. No, I'm not going to choose. I don't think that's a fair decision to put on me. It's your revenge. Your choice, not mine. Fine. We go in. Alright then. We'll be fine. Just lead the way. Such a simple word. Home. Not house, not dwelling, not residence or address, not domicile or flat or lodging or abode or apartment or property or accommodation. Home. A structure of brick or wood or concrete or canvas. A box in which you pack yourself away when the long day is done. A book neatly closed and placed snugly on a shelf. There's no place like home. An Englishman's home is his castle. Home is where the heart is. And home is where that heart can be hurt most severely. Because within that place of safety, the warm and welcoming embrace of the cramped and well-trod floors whose layout has ingrained itself into your soul, there you are most vulnerable. Your home is an extension of yourself as much as you will let it be and the place and the people and the things that form it and fill it are as much a part of you as your blood, as your bile, as your tears. Perhaps you know the feeling that comes rushing over you when your home is compromised, invaded, corrupted. Perhaps a burglary gives lie to the promise of safety you took from a flimsy front door and a cheap lock. Maybe the dirt and grime builds up to such a degree that the stench begins to infect your soul, or an infestation of moths or ants or bedbugs stretches itself throughout the very structure of your home until it feels like your skin is squirming with them. You may even find yourself living with a hostile, toxic presence, be they family, friend or stranger that poisons your home, turning blessed relief and rest from the tribulations of the world into a choking fog of anxiety and fear. Such are the dangers of a rotten home. But how many truly control their home? How many have extended their soul into the walls of a place 
that exists only at the whim of those who would let them die in the street were it not for the gain that can be squeezed from them. A home you cannot control, that you cannot even be sure will exist with the turning of the seasons, where stability and peace, rot and calamity, exist only at the behest of faceless names that lace themselves throughout labyrinthine paperwork, chaining you to the front of a truck whose motion you cannot control. Do you smell smoke? Do you smell the creeping ruin of a life? A stalking creature of unmaintained electricals, of cheap insulation, of cut corners and missing fire alarms and unenforced safety regulations? Do you see it creeping under the door to your bedroom as you sleep, the burning coals of its eyes regarding you in the supposed safety of your home, not indifferent, but hungry, eager to take everything from you, to burn down your life in any sense it can reach? Can you hear the crackling promise of kindled despair that it whispers into your uneasy, dreaming ear? Sabina senses it, Feels it drawing near. How long has she lived here? How long have these cramped, dingy rooms in the back of this sprawling, run-down tenement been the place her heart calls home? She cannot recall, but long enough for her to grow into love for it. To cherish every rusted appliance, every crumbling piece of plasterboard, every flickering light bulb. Even as the widening cracks and spreading mould fill her heart with dread. They gently, slowly, inch by inch approach the mildewed room where her parents lie sleeping. Sabina cannot picture their faces, but knows that should they wake to see the state of the place, their anger would be blistering. She sits there on the ratty, torn sofa, trying to bring herself to stand up, to do something about the place that is crumbling around her. But she is locked there by the sure knowledge that anything she touches could result in the complete loss of what small stability she has. She barely notices how hot her tears are becoming. Which sense is the first to warn her? What nerves are the first ones to fire the white-hot bolts of agonizing panic through Sabina's body? Does she smell it, the rising smoke? A slow and subtle scent, like someone's burned their toast, and... Is that hair? Does she hear it, the distant roaring, like the soft growl of a lion who never stops approaching, spotted with shrieks and screams that might just be her imagination? Does she see it, the glow of the flames, pulsing slow and steady, the dull orange of old street lights? somehow strong enough to push through the cracks around the front door. Does she feel it, the rising prickly heat, like she has sat too close to an electric radiator for too long, and her skin has begun to redden and blossom before the bars into thick beads of sweat? Or does she taste it, in the back of her throat, the sick, queasy terror that tells her she knows exactly what is coming? because it's all happened before. Once again, the handle of the front door begins to glow red-hot, the metal bending and distorting as it melts. From the crack underneath, the fire drags itself forward, curling 
and caressing the rough coir of the mat that cheerily announced, Welcome home. Its movements are flickering, rhythmic, almost hypnotic. And as her mind screams at her to stand, to run, to escape, she simply sits there, eyes locked on the dancing lights emerging around her front door. She smiles the same smile she did when she was a child, staring at the bonfire at camp, though every nerve in her body is alight with fear. Then the welcome mat ignites completely, in an instant turning from a gentle smolder to a gout of flame, and whatever strange compulsion holds her in place snaps like a wire cable. She leaps to her feet and starts screaming, calling for help for her parents. She runs to the door to their room, but as she approaches she can feel the heat already wafting out from behind it. She can hear them crying out in agony, begging for her to save them as their pain crescendos. She can smell the oily reek of charred skin as they call to her. We're burning! We're burning! Oh please God, Sabina! We're burning! She grabs the handle, ignoring the sizzling of her own flesh and pushing through the lancing needles of torment to force it down, trying to free her unseen parents. But the door latch never really aligned properly, you see. The landlord always said he was going to get it fixed, and it refuses to open. Sabina pounds helplessly on the smoking wood as the voices of her parents go quiet. Pushing down a grief that threatens to overwhelm her senses, she charges to the window, rushing to reach the old fire escape beyond. The window frame never really opened properly, you see. The landlord always said he was going to get it fixed. And it judders as she tries to force it open, freezing a few inches from the bottom. Sabina pushes all her might into it, but the glass cracks and shatters, peppering her with razor-sharp shards, cutting her face to ribbons. She stumbles, trying to climb through the jagged window regardless, and she can feel the cool iron of the fire escape, a moment of blessed relief that shines through her suffering. But the fire escape was always really rusty, you see. The landlord always said he was going to replace it. And at the first tiny bit of weight she puts upon it, she can feel the fastenings pop out of the old brick one by one, and her salvation tumbles away into the impossible distance below. What floor was her flat on again? Surely it can't be this high. Falling back into the inferno that is now her home, Sabina dashes over to the laughably small fire extinguisher the landlord begrudgingly provided. It is sputtering and empty. She runs to the sink to the tap that has always made that unpleasant grinding sound and turning it unleashes only a slow trickle of a thick, dark, oozing substance that smells faintly of gas. Limping and desperate, she turns to see her furniture in flames, the bookshelves full of memories that she can't quite place but knows are precious to her, curl and float away as ash. The photos on the wall of her family, whose faces seem indistinct but she knows that she loves, begin to blacken as the glass pops out of the frame. Her home is being eaten alive by this devouring desolation. She's here! Hello, Jude. Fancy seeing you both here. So what exactly do I owe the pleasure, the honour, 
of being graced by the great and powerful archivist harbinger of this new world and his valet. Naturally, we came to see you. What a treat. I have a question for you. I've been wondering. <laughs> did you know what you were doing? Excuse me? When you burned me, marked me with... Did you know it would lead to all of this? And you came all this way just to ask that? Answer the question. If you want to know so badly, why don't you just reach into my head and pull it out? Because I want to hear you say it. Willingly. What difference does it make if Just it... answer the damn question. No. I had no idea. So why did you do it? Why do you think? Because I wanted to hurt you. Because you were annoying and I didn't like you. So I hurt you. And if you hadn't? But I didn't. Look, I don't care, okay? I just... I don't. Breaking over the past like it matters, like it means anything. The past is dead, archivist. Ashes in the wind. We're here now. And that's it. I suppose you're right. So the real question is, what happens now? <laughs> John, look out! What's wrong? Scared of a little flame? Oh, you are, aren't you? <laughs> Pathetic. Screw you! Leave him alone. You're not scared, though, are you? Archivist. I can feel the pain of every person you have trapped here. My own isn't all that different. Yeah, but you like seeing their pain, don't you? Their fear. Yes. You and that stupid eye. God, you make me sick, lording it over everybody like you own the place. You're just leeches, boyers, parasites on the real monsters. Enough. Fine. Just messing around. Wouldn't want to keep you from your oh-so-special business, your holiness. I wouldn't worry about that. I'm right where I want to be. What's that supposed to mean? I'm here for you, Jude. To end you. What? No. No way. <coughs> you won. What would be the point of... You're bluffing. You know I'm not. You're already afraid. Oh, I see. I get it. You finally get a sniff of power, and the first thing you do is try to settle some old scores. Play the big man. Get off on some good old-fashioned petty revenge. I'd have thought that was a mindset you would appreciate. Now feel it. All the terror and pain you've inflicted. Oh, piss off. <gasps> look, look. Wait. Right. I'm sorry, okay? I shouldn't have burned your hand. No, you shouldn't have. Please don't kill me. I... <coughs> sure, I'm moan about the eye. Who doesn't? But we've won, both of us. And that's great. If I'd known what I still have marked you, yes, I would. I'm happy in this world. I belong here. And so do you. <laughs> Listen, listen. You're enjoying this, right? Of course you are. You want to use those powers of yours to hurt people. You want to murder 
everybody who can't fight back at you now. I can help you. Just die already! You're not better than me! Is it? It's over. She's gone. The fires are still here. Doesn't look like much has changed. No. I suppose not. Let's just get out of here. The Magnus Archives is a podcast distributed by Rusty Quill and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. Today's episode was written by Jonathan Sims, produced by Lorianne Davis, and directed by Alexander J. Newell. It featured Jonathan Sims as The Archivist, Alexander J. Newell as Martin Blackwood, and Hannah Walker as Jude Perry. To subscribe, buy merchandise, or join our Patreon, visit RustyQuill.com. Rate and review us online, tweet us at the Rusty Quill. visit us on Facebook, or email us via mail at RustyQuill.com. Join our community on the Discord via the website, or on Reddit at r slash the Magnus Archives. Thanks for listening. Hi everyone, Alex here. I'd just like to take a moment to thank some of our patrons. Gabby Marler, Sammy Winchester, Sinner the Poet, Lawrence, Mara Kay, Mary Stanfield, Elliot Brunette, Eva Ladeau, Gad Zooks, David Paul, Kino Artistov, Witch, Levin Gabersh, Joe Rich, Scaredy Cat, Stark, Catty Wampus, Empathic, Platonically in Love with Trees, Daria Hoey, Graham Patrick Gallagher, Megan Beatty, Michaela Kinnear, Jamie, Brooklyn Haight, Michaela B, Ivy Wong, Sordith Sanchez, Sibo Wang, Francesca, Mariana Tajakis, Megan Shearer, Poison Quills, Exastra, Maggie Bostick, Ray, Robin, Ariel Allen, Rebecca Seabee, Miriam and Brenton. Thank you all. We really appreciate your support. If you'd like to join them, go to www.patreon.com forward slash Rusty Quill and take a look at our rewards. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Hi everyone, it's Kareem, the voice of Simon Fairchild and the Eternal Tavern Keeper. Today, I'm here to tell you about The Programme. The Programme audio series is a science fiction anthology podcast set in a world where money, state and God are fused into a single entity. Every episode is a standalone story featuring ordinary people inhabiting this extraordinary world. And for them, it's not this future that is terrifying, but our present. The Programme is sometimes funny, sometimes poignant, but it is always smart. Find out more about The Programme at www.rustyquill.com or www.programaudioseries.com or search for The Program Audio Series wherever you listen to your podcasts. Have fun and see you later.